You're listening to the Jason Greger Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. If you gamble, use your game sense. Stay within your limit. Go to gamesense.ab.ca and learn more. A weekend as the assistant coach on his uh, U- U11 team, Jason Strudwick joins us. Strudy, how you doing? Well, I, I was shocked. So your team played before our team played, and then you came in our dressing room, and one of our kids said he liked your glasses. Oh, kids so you know, got taste, buddy. That, that kid's got <laughs> such good taste. And I saw him. He was just lighting it up after that, too. Oh, it's unreal. He got benched. He was benched. Two periods. Two period benching. And he was lucky he played in the third. We got an injury. He had to play. Was it those yellow ones? What yeah. color were they? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, so hey, Browning. You know what? Some people have fashion, and then there's guys like Browning Struds who, you know, it's debatable. So that's hey, that happens. I could tell that that kid is. I'll tell you. Let's just fast forward ten years. That kid's on the path to success. I'm just telling you right now. I got more pa- more fashion in my pinky that I don't even have a nail <sighs> than you do. Are you face ready? You're looking at it. You can't say anything. You cannot say oh, anything. Oh, the two sweater boys over here. <laughs> hey, Struddy, Brownie, nice sweater. Like, unbelievable. Uh, uh, Struds, um, as a defenseman, uh, last night the orders uh, kind of got back to what was winning them games. Um, even in the first period, they got down. They didn't really give up anything that period. Now, they didn't generate much. But really, like outside of one mistake in that game, I thought it was a pretty solid defensive effort. Yeah, it was. You know, and I, I think that sometimes, you know, I think we're used to, as, as a fan base and as media to watch kind of high event hockey, and it's exciting. And, you know, when we think back to when the Oilers are winning all those games, most of those games are fairly low event, right? There weren't a ton of trading chances. So, you know, maybe we as, as media and as fans have to recalibrate what we think is a good game. Um, you know, I enjoyed that game yesterday. I, I thought like, that's a, a kind of a playoff-style game. I think both teams knew it was on the line. Um, and you're right, like, there was the one error by Bouchard, but that happens. And, like, you know, you're going to get caught outside the dots, your toe is facing the wrong way. But, um, you know, for, for the rest of it, like, I, I, I thought the guys did a good job in kind of limiting the, the, the chances, like, especially the night before against Kai, we've seen many different kind of chances. It was, it was a lot more low event. And, you know, I, for one, I, I, I think that's great. I love watching that because I think that's sustainable for success. Strutty, when, uh, you know, you look at the game before Dreisaitl took a penalty, that he probably a play that he'd probably want to take back. You look at his game yesterday, I think he obviously played a much better game. What was, what was it, what did you like about his game yesterday uh, and about, you know, he's, he's off, you know, at times I think it's something that we're all aware of, you know, his body language, he gets frustrated, he shows people maybe a side that, you know, not, you know, we probably don't want to see, but... What did you think of his game? Because to me, he played a great game, a, uh, a game where his body language was good. He helped out his team in a lot of ways. What were your thoughts? There's, you know, everyone has off days, right? And there's and there's penalties that you, like, I think, I can even think of now. This is years after my career. There's penalties I'd love to have back. You know, and you just, I remember we were playing in the Islanders, and uh, Richie Pilon ran one of our players, and I literally just, like, I, and he fell down. And I did, like, uh, elbow drop. Now, I sharpened up my elbow, and I elbow dropped him on the ice. And I, I, if I remember correctly, I, I, I think they scored. I, or it, was a, it was really bad. And Mark Crawford was so mad at me. And I still can't imagine, like, why did I do that? Like, I, I don't, even when I wrestled outside their ice, I did an elbow drop. I was always a figure four kind of guy. So it made <laughs> no sense. It was such a weird reaction to do that. And I still feel sick when I do that. So... You saw Leon's reaction to the penalty. That it was it was a bad penalty in a in a heated moment, 
and it just kind of made things worse for the owners. So you, that's like rock bond. You're like, God, I can't do that. So there's a reset and everyone has that. Everyone has that. You know, some people don't want to pronounce because you're one of the greatest players on the planet, but you reset. So he came back last night and he was an absolute bull. And, you know, the play that I think kind of defined what he did last night was he, we decided he was going to take uh, Drew Doughty on one-on-one and just drove around them with one arm on his stick, one hand on his stick, flicks the shot up, you know, a couple, couple of feet off the ice, whatever, and almost scores. Like, that, he was so determined, moving his feet. And I, I've always said it, like, Leon, he's a great passer and he can do so many things, but just like a lot of big guys, when they're moving their feet, they're a lot more effective when they're standing still. And I thought last night he was skating, and I mean the back checks he showed, all those things was very positive. So it's just a reset, man. Like everyone, we all kind of get sliding down, and something happens. Like whoa, okay, we we really got to pay attention and kind of get it going. So he's not the first player it's happened to, but unfortunately for him, it's very public because he's Leon Drysaddle. Yeah, well, no, it's true. Um, there was a bad penalty, though, no question about it. And you know, I think his body language in the Minnesota and Calgary game. I'm sorry, it just it's. It's not what you'd want from your leader. And I think, you know, it was much better last game, and so it's all about how you react to it. So it was much better. Um, I do want to get into something. That, and, it, and it, Like, I know the order's won, but I've been watching the games lately, Struds, and is it just me or, like, do you need more physicality from Darnell Nurse? Like, it seems like his – like, we don't see much physicality from him anymore for a big, strong, physical guy who's supposed to be. Like, I'm not really seeing it. Where do you come out on it? Well, yeah, I think that, you know, Darnell is, he's such an athlete. He's just, well, obviously his family, they just, they're in every sport and they're great at every sport that uh, anyone in their family does. You know, you need to have someone with a little bit of a presence in front of that net and, and, and entering their zone. Exactly. And it's, um, I think when you put him beside CeCe, who's a very strong guy as well, and he does have much bite to his game, you know, it's two big guys that, you know, although they, they defend pretty hard and they're, you know, they do a lot of good things, there's not that edge to it. And I think that you need someone to be the leader on your team that brings that edge. You know, Vander Kane brings it. I think Dylan Holloway's trying to bring it. Uh, Vinny Darnay, he's trying to bring it, but his minutes are, although they're creeping up, they're, they're less than Darnell. So I think that, you know, I haven't, I never, I haven't thought that consciously, but now you bring it up, Griggs. I think that the idea of him to add that edge to his game, especially now you're trending towards the playoffs, or they, you know, two dozen playoff ga- or games away from the playoffs. Yeah. You want to start adding that edge so it's it's harder to play against um, for for five on five in your own zone. You know, and you know, uh, you look at Adam Larson the way he's playing and the way he plays in Seattle. He's a pretty hard guy to play against. He's dirty. He's a hitter, but he also uses his stick quite quite well. Um, I think that's something that both Co- uh, Cody and and Darnell could use. To uh, just just to make it more uncomfortable in their own zone and around the net, and make it make guys not want to come around their net too often. Like and Darnell showed at the end of the Flames game, but I think that was more maybe frustration uh, based more than a, a conscious decision to be. I'm going to try to be physical and hard, um, kind of all over the ice. Jason Strudwick joins us, and I, I just think it's something that I need to see more. Like if you look at the role they've placed him in, right? Like you know. Bouchard and Echo play the most with McDavid by a significant amount, so you know they're looking for offense there. Obviously, you know Nurse gets to play with Drysaddle and stuff, but plays as, almost as much with the bottom six guys as he does with with Drysaddle. And so, you know what? That's the role now. And to me, I just like I haven't loved that pair's game. Like I thought Nurse had a really. I just found since the All Star break, like everybody else, you know, he slipped a little bit. Um, 
And I, prior to that, I thought he was having a really good year. But the one thing I've noticed is just, to me, I need to see a little bit more physicality from him. And, you know, you're supposed to be the leader of that defense. And when and you talk about, because where did they score that, that first goal, right? Battle in front of the net struts. And, like, getting, like, to me, sometimes it looks like the positioning's off. Right? Am I wrong on that? Like, I see some of the battles he's there, but he's losing the battle. And I'm like, well, this guy's 6'4", 225. He should be winning more of those. So is his position sometimes not what you'd like? on those net front battles? It comes and goes for everybody. You know, there's, I think the only guy in history of hockey who's always been in the right place for his whole time, life is Nicholas Lidstrom. Other than that, we've all screwed up, right? And we're all been on the wrong side. So generally speaking, a D-man, there's rarely a time where you should not be between your man and your net. Like, I, I'm, I'm not, unless you have the puck and you're in a breakaway skating away from him, you should be between him and your net. So they always have to skate through you. Like, I always tell kids, make them skate through your chest to get to the net. That's, that's what we want as, as defenders. So it's, it's, it's hard to do, and you have to always be aware and always be ready to go. Now, there are different ways you can do that. Now, you know, smaller players will use their feet to defend, like, your, like Duncan Keith, although he was a bit dirty. But his feet were always moving to make sure he moved, maneuver, uh, maneuver himself in that position. Darnell Nurse, he's a big guy. You can cross-check guys and, and push guys off and kind of direct them where you want to go. An example is when I go into the corner to defend Sean Brown, if he tries to jump back to the middle, I just give him a little push in my hand and kind of push them back so now I can jump towards my net and he can't. And that slows down his ability to get to the front of the net. So that's the ways to cheat to you know, kind of slow guys down or to make their road to the net or to the good ice they want a lot harder. I definitely, you know, you watch some of the better teams and, and the teams that are, you know, playoff, you know, have are, are going to be making a big run and a big push in the playoffs or the teams that have the back end that are going to make the top players, you know, pay a price. And, you know, when you watch and look at the, the Oilers forwards, you know, Evander Kane to me is probably the only guy. There's a lot of guys that hit. Like if you watch, they're, they're hitting, right? But there's a difference between when Kane hits and anyone else hits, right? Kane hits... Yeah. I think to actually hurt you, to put you through the boards, yeah. right? And you know that's that's a little bit of a concern for me when I, especially when I look at the fourth line, right? I mean, oh, man. I mean, I was watching, I watched the games obviously, and and you know, you look at, and it has nothing to do with these guys. They're they're super guys, great teammates, great guys, I'm sure. But you know, Brown and Ryan just to me aren't big enough, aren't strong enough, aren't aren't you know. They're falling down. Oh, last night it was Hartnell down for those two. My goodness. (laughs) When they're, right? And I just, as the games get tougher and you need that meat and you need that size, you need that grit, you need guys to wear other teams down. Are you seeing it in their fourth line? Are you seeing it with those guys? And if, if they're not doing it, like who's going to do that? Yeah. So, I mean, Evander Kane is a huge part of this team. There's no doubt about it. And he, he, and we saw it against Calgary in that one series. Like, he can turn a series on its ear, the way that he approaches the game and his intimidation, the way he talks. Like, he is, he is the alpha male for that, if that type of play. But you can't do it by yourself, right? You need help. You need other guys, when he's not on the ice, to kind of keep on wearing those D-men down. And, you know, you look at Vegas's D. When they're healthy, they're monsters. You know, last year... I forget what it was, because the shortest guy is like 6'2", I think. You know, isn't, it, isn't that, and that's, I think, a guy who, who had previously won a Stanley Cup in Martinez. So there's a lot of big guys back there. So you need to just kind of keep chopping them down with getting physical, physical on them. Now, I was a pretty big deal. I was with you, Brownie. When I saw um, 
made, you know, a, a smaller guy, like, not that he really hit me, but Patrick King coming and hit me, I'm like, yeah, take a run, no problem. Like, you're not even, you know, you're like, I, it's, it's like a, a bug on a windshield. Now, if you have a guy like Chris Simon coming down on you and he was going to really run you through, like, I got to brace myself, move the puck quick and be ready for this hit. So I think there does have to be some heavier, bigger bodies that can wear those guys down. And, and, and you know, even in the case of, like, Shea Theodore, if you get a little lick on him, a little hit in the offensive zone, that slows him down from jumping up into the play. And just like I talked about D-men pushing their forwards, kind of, you know, keep them in the corner and give them a little shove, and you jump to the middle and he has to take a longer road to the net. It's the same thing when you forecheck a guy. So let's say, you know, you go back, Sean Brown goes D-to-D to Shea Theodore, and I put a little hit on Shea Theodore and just slow him down for a second. Over the course of seven games, that wears him down. And now his legs maybe aren't quite the same in game six or seven as they were in game one and two. But you've got to just continuously do it. But if it's a smaller body, like Shea's a pretty big guy. And I'm not saying he's an animal out there, but I don't think he'd really mind a smaller body. So it's a long way of saying I do think they have to find some guys with um, some bigger bodies uh, to, to, to mix in with the, the Derek Ryans and Connor Browns to make it harder on the other team and, and just tire you out. And, and you know, when you're, you're, when you're defending your own zone and there's heavy players and you're battling in the corner and battling in the front and they might not even get a shot, but that's like, they come off and like, God, that's a hard minute shift right there. Yes. And, you know, how often can we say that about the Oilers? They move the puck quick, but they don't always grind it down. That's why a Fogel, Holloway, McLeod, Perry, like those guys have to have those heavy, hard shifts and grind down those D-men over the course of a seven-game series. Yeah, I, I definitely think Edmonton, you know, here we are. We're, we're 10 days away from the, the trade deadline. It's pretty pretty quiet so far across the NHL uh, since the Sean Monaghan trade 25 days ago. Uh, I, I think obviously it's going to heat up next week, but and the orders I, I ex- expect to be uh, to front and center for sure. We know they're going to get another a number seven defenseman at bare minimum, and then it's uh, you know, a matter of, Will they make a big splash uh, for a top four D-man? Can they upgrade on CC? Maybe. Um, you know, do what about a, a fourth line center? Uh, another big winger? Uh, can they get a top six? Like they can't get all of them, of course, but uh, they'll definitely be uh, looking for some. Uh, where, where do you come out? Oh, sorry to jump in there, Greg. Uh, where do you come out on Rempe? I mean, when I, you, you think of a fourth line guy, a young Have you guy. seen their fourth line? Who's? New York's. No. So Rempe is 6'8, yeah. 240. They've got um, um, Barkley Goudreau, who's their center iceman, and, he, and he's literally, and I'm not even joking about this, guys, he's the shrimp of their line. He's six foot two, 210. And then uh, the other guy in, in New York, I, I got to pull up his name because I was looking, he's 6'7", 250. Right now, that's, that's their sweet. fourth. Yeah. That's their, yeah, the big Swede. In, uh, you know, and, yeah. and I'm like, uh, Adam Edstrom. Right, like they are massive, and I just I look at the order. Like I looked at Vegas's fourth line, and they and they played aggressive. They were physical. Like I look at the orders, and I understand the need for a top six, but scoring goals isn't the orders' problem, right? I think they score enough goals. Would it be nice to get a guy? Sure, if there was a power forward, even better. But I don't really see one. So I, to me, I would still argue upgrading two guys in the fourth line. They're going to give you size, speed, and physicality. Would be would be better, Struds. What about you? Like, if you can make one move, would you add two fourth line guys or a top six guy? What would you do? Yeah, I, I hear you, and I, and I think well, two things. First, I, I think that you need to get um, just a heavier presence that can wear teams down and grind it out, and and, and you know, like I kind of talked previously, I think that's really important. So, you know, I, I've always I, I liked Adam Henrique. I don't know how he can fit that in. I mean, I guess you can trade him twice and make it happen because I think he's a Swiss Army knife that kind of plays around your lineup. 
But that fourth line, it doesn't mean that Derek Ryan and Connor Brown and those guys can't have an impact in the series because they will. But you want to be able to throw different looks. Right now, I think the Oilers are limited, limited in what they can look, put together as a look in that fourth line. Same with Sam Gandhi. I think he will play a role in the playoffs. There's no doubt. But you got to have something that's different. They have quite a bit of the same, and I think that's maybe the challenge for, for Ken Holland. And the second thing on Rempe and Brown, I, I'm not sure if you saw the fight he had uh, in Columbus. Yep. But, um, but for a big guy, he fights really small. And, you know, there is no way that a player who is five or six inches shorter than you should be tagging you with punches. So I hope that someone, I don't know who they have there in, in New York, they can talk to him, but he is, he is fighting straight up with smaller guys who are literally hitting him in the face. And that's, that's a very, like, it looks fun and it, or it looks cool and it's great for the, the Instagram account. But the problem is that could be a very short-lived um, a short-lived way of fighting. And for me, it's just very dangerous. So I, I love his enthusiasm. I think he's a great story, and he's from Alberta. But his fighting style, if you haven't seen it, go and watch it, guys. It is, he fights as a very, like a very small man for a very big guy. Absolutely. I mean, I remember getting in a fight with Peter Worrell, and you remember him, how big he was in <laughs> oh, his, his arms. Yeah. I remember, I mean, by the time I looked at him, got my head up, he was at the other side of the mall <laughs> looking at him. I was like... <laughs> I'm like, how do I get to this guy? He's an area code away. So, yeah, I mean, someone definitely has to help him. What are your thoughts on, like, we're, as an organ, you know, we, I don't know if you listen, but we had Brant Myers on, who you know. Um, you know, where where do you think, how do you, and I think Spectre actually wrote a report, uh, an article on trying to protect this, you know, young athlete that's obviously doing a great job and and, and uh, is very eager to get involved physically where you come out on, you know, the organization or maybe team and how you handle him moving forward? Because he's got a couple tough games coming up here. I think they need someone there that can talk to him, right? And, and, and it's hard, you know, just like it's difficult for Jason Strutter to walk up to Connor McDavid as a teammate and talk to him about scoring goals, it's difficult for Connor McDavid to come to the back of the bus and tell Jason Strudwick how to fight, right? You need to have someone who's been in it. And I, and I give credit to Louis DeBrusque, you know, not the best-looking guy, but he'd always talk to the <laughs> fighters. Or if we pulled him aside and said, hey, Louis, you know what I mean? Like, this is, I remember especially with Steve McIntyre. And, and, and Louis would never bring his, he'd never come home and say something, but if Mac said to him, hey, I'm fighting this guy, what do you think? And he would give him some tips, right? And, and so, because you have to have been through it. It's, it's, it's really, you know, the best way to learn how to fight is to fight. Unfortunately, that's the way it is. So, you know, if you've never fought, it's kind of hard to, to give a guy tips. So I don't, I, I, I looked over that roster. I don't know who the guy is. Maybe Jacob Trouber, I guess, you know, the captain. But, I mean, he's been in a handful of fights. So I, I would just like to see him, you know, when he's fighting, just take your time. You don't have to start teeing off on each other, like, you know, you know trying to go toe-to-toe. Step, step back, stretch the guy out a bit. Get, maybe twist him up a little bit. He's a strong guy. And then just start hitting him. You know, I fought Eric Cairns, and he was the same thing. He was a giant. I grabbed him. I thought I had his shoulder. I looked up. I think I had his wrist. That's how far away from me he was. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm going to die today. <laughs> and, uh, but, so that is when I'm like, okay, I got to use my length, right? And you start figuring it out. So, like, I love the enthusiasm. I love this, the, the story. And I don't want to be the negative guy, but... I, you know, you've seen guys come up and just blast away and fighting like crazy, but you still have to have a plan, right? You can't just go in there and just swing away because it, it, it it's a dangerous style of fighting that I, I wouldn't advocate for anybody. 
it's funny that we used to have, uh, you know, we had Daryl Duke, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know Daryl Duke. I sure. mean, he was yeah. outstanding yeah. and unbelievable for George and I and everyone else in the organization for just taking that anxiety and understanding that role and the feelings. And, uh, you know, I know he had a big impact on George and, and a huge impact on me. And, yeah, having those guys in your organization are, are obviously very, very valuable. I also played with a guy, PJ Stock, and, you know, his style was... Yeah. You know, yeah. it was lights out. It was highlight reel after highlight reel of fight. But, you know, it, it comes at a cost, right? I, I'm pretty sure he had the retina torn in his eye in one of his last fights, yeah. right? Like, it just, you know, it's great to fight that way. But if you want to have a career, you know, you got to kind of fight smart. And, you know, you've been in the situation. I've been in the situation fighting. It is tough to teach. And I have kids all the time like, hey, you know, can you teach me how to fight? And it's like, you know, what do I you know, can you help me with this? Help me with that. And it's like, you know, if it's hard to teach, you just got to do it, you know? And if you got to ask and the more questions you ask, you obviously don't want to do it. Right. Because you'll learn because I don't know how you fell about it, but like I learned just by getting into it. And the more fights you get in, the more you learn from each fight and you understand it. Yeah. Well, I I had a guy, Chris Murdigan Jr. He said to me, he goes, you know, you you learn to fight. You got to make sure you just see through the punches. I remember thinking that means I have to get hit. And he's like, yes, you're going to get hit. And I was like, Ooh, that's not as much fun. You know, like, and then he's right though. You have to just, as the punch is coming, you cannot flinch. You have to just keep Look, on chucking keep your and head see up. through the punch. Yeah. And it's so hard. So you go and tell, you know, who, I mean, Rempe is obviously, he's comfortable doing that, but he doesn't have to do that. But for someone who's 19 or 20, you say, Hey, you got to take punches. Like, excuse me. Oh, yeah, you're gonna take. You're gonna eat some. You're not just gonna give. Everyone loves the idea of just giving it to someone. No one is comfortable with the idea of taking it. Like no one's like, oh, I'll take five punches to give one. That's sometimes what happens, and it's very, very scary. So for Rempia, you're, I love the way he phrased that. It's a long career he's looking at, so he's got to really. I think he's got to maybe adjust the way he's fighting. Well, one last one for you, Struds. Did you happen to watch Cindy Crawford nail the uh, the puck? And at the uh, Chris Chelios night, shot it from center ice, right through the little hole in the middle of the net. Yeah, I saw it. You know, and and a little part of me said, you know what, what might have been. You know, she and I obviously had that moment. But uh, <laughs> is it about eight, eight, nine, ten years ago? But we're both happy. That's what eight, I love. Like, nine, ten so years ago. Holy, what are you talking about? It was like twenty years ago. Yeah. Oh, no, God. no. Well, I was about the kids. My kids were only like one or two. But I mean, she's happy. I'm oh. happy in my life. We're both healthy. Am I missing? Looking. Oh, yeah. Am I missing something? Yeah, Did they have a moment? He, well, he claims, <laughs> he claims they have. Like I'm still. I want to get. I want to get. My whole goal is to. I, and I've done pretty good sleuth work. I'm going to try to track down Sydney. I'm going to send her a picture. Say, dear, this guy claims you had a moment. I would just love to see a response. Because if it was a moment. You'd remember the moment. Could it have yeah, been someone moment. behind you? <laughs> no, no, nobody. I, I know. Like, I'm not gonna lie. I've, I've, I've been stung with the look a few times from people. Right? I'm not saying I'm a model, but like, you know, you get that zing. Know. You know, when you're younger. So I know what it looks like. I know the. I know what it looks like. And I, I know that she, she had gave me the look. And I mean, whatever. I mean, it's, it's it doesn't mean we're, we're dating or anything or in a relationship. We we're both married. You like playing um, IZs, eh? Who blinked first? <laughs> No, no, it, it's a long, so we were, I was walking it out of a hotel and she was walking in and she literally rubbernecked. Um, <laughs> no, guys, I, I, I don't know. Now she guys, rubbernecked. Well, no, I mean, she had to. I mean, I was walking pretty quick. Oh. Um, but anyways, it's not, listen, we're both happy. We're in good relationships. And uh, yeah, it was great to see her score. Um, did you send I, her, I did you send her a, a congratulatory text? 
Oh, I don't. I don't want to make. It's hard, you know. I'm sure there's some some misromance there, but whatever. We both had, like I said, buddy. We're still happy and She's probably wondering why you didn't hold right the door open yeah. for. Her. Oh, hey? Exactly. It was a, it was a no. great shot right down the pipe. <laughs> Who's this right? guy that didn't hold the door down open the for me? Strutty, <laughs> and, uh, enjoy tonight. We will uh, chat with you next Tuesday. See you guys.